Welcome to the world of Rex. It is Marvel A. Rex. I've got my new outro, intro music happening. I'm getting used to it. It's going to be okay. We are here to talk about the energies from an astrological and human design perspective. From the 3rd of October all the way to October 9th. So October 3rd to October 9th of 2022. We are almost in eclipse season, folks. We're going to be feeling it by the end of this week. What that means is that we're entering a big change point portal of time. In May and April on this podcast, you heard me refer to it as the dragon's belly, the belly of the dragon. So we are re-entering that fun space (laughs) come October 25th. That's when we're going to enter into the mouth of the dragon. And then we're going to be hooted out on the other side on November 8th. So this is all very much fun stuff to look forward to. But now we're in a little bit of prep mode this week, so I'm excited to talk about it. And this really is, I just want to, for those who are listening on Monday, this is really a week to get shit done. This is such a get shit done week. Now, Mercury does come out and station direct on Monday. The moon is also conjoined Pluto in Capricorn. So I kind of wanted to, like, say the vibe check of this week is like daddy issues meets channeling those daddy issues to get shit done. (laughs) And by daddy, I mean any, any and all relationships to authority that we have generally that are historical, usually assigned to a paternal person, i.e. a father figure, but it could really be anyone who embodied that more Saturnian role, which is what Capricorn is ruled by is Saturn. And Saturn is like, very stern, stoic, reserved, creates limitations, is authoritarian at its more crunchy side, and is a wise sage like Yoda on the other, on the other like sweet, furry, green side. So that is the tone of the week is like Saturnian facing reality, honoring reality, having humility in regards to real limitations in relationships, especially in regards to authority, as well as getting shit moving forward, getting things done moving forward, because Mercury is now moving forward and he rules everything that has to do with communication, commerce, mercantile, anything, but information flowing and moving. Now he's like, okay, let's go. I did say last week that October 10th is really the great day to work with in terms of moving forward your projects, moving forward communication on new things, um, asking for a raise, like, etc. October 10th is a much better day to have uh, clarifying conversations or upgrading conversations. But October 3rd, you know, we have entered the direct space, so it is still very workable. It's just not as ideal because Mercury's a little sleepy. He's a little sleepy when he stations direct. So he's kind of like yawning and being like, wow, that was weird. I just talked to Neptune for an entire like three weeks, which he did. Like Neptune and and Mercury had a -a tete-a-tete starting on Monday. They still are within a degree away from each other. And all that means is that communication is still really foggy and being clarified. And the best way to move forward is to move slowly through the fog. So not jumping to assumptions or conclusions about people, places, things, text messages you got that were weird or confusing, not jumping to assumptions or conclusions around those things and just being like, huh. The one astrologer, Christopher Renstrom, who I really, really love, he's wonderful. You can find him on YouTube. He's fantastic. And like, I just can't tell 
what is going on with him? Like, I love him so much. I love his his voice and his affect, and he's just so earnest. Anyway, Christopher Renstrom talks about his, I think the most recent little bit that he did on YouTube, he talks about this moment that we're in with Mercury. And he actually says that really, when you, the full final story is November 8th. That that full moon eclipse in Taurus is the final story of whatever's happening right now within your relationships or communication or commerce that is kind of funky and weird right now. You will know what the upgrade is by November 8th. We are still working towards there. And October 10th is a really great day to be like, which is not this week. Sorry, y'all. It's next week. Uh, but it's next Monday, actually. So it's a great like marker point to start launching towards that thing you really, really want in regards to mercurial things, which again, are technology, um, uh, contracts, any kind of contract, uh, signing anything has to do with mercury, cars, hands, like I've been talking about in previous episodes, anything you do with your hands, which is writing, publishing, media, those things, mercury's all about that. Uh, social media, Mercury is all about that. So all of those things are still under review, even this week, because Mercury is still sleepy and he's still under the beams of a very confusing Neptune. So if we know that we're a week out from a really great date to start working with, which is October 10th, this is like a get, get the, get the muddy details taken care of this week the things that you're just like oh I do have to deal with that thing I don't really want to deal with that thing but it's going to help me get closer to when I can launch again October 10th so it's a cleanup week you know we do start with the moon on Pluto in Capricorn Capricorn is the sign of getting things done Capricorn's like let's move forward I'm busy we've got to go so that's the that's the tone that sets off the entire week for us. So this is certainly not a week to be checking out or being lazy. And I, I you know, oof, even as I said the word lazy, I kind of got a little ugh, felt a little weird because I, you know, I, I also honor laziness. I think that there can be profound power in actively and intentionally being lazy. This is not the week, though. This is the week to like look at the thing that's making you extremely uncomfortable, especially in regards to parental or authority figures. This could be your actual parents and or just anyone that you have a control and power dynamic with. Really looking at the muddied details there, starting to clean them up bit by bit. Capricorn and Virgo, of which Mercury and the Moon are in, as well as Pluto. Pluto's there. Don't forget that Pluto's in Capricorn. Both of those signs, Capricorn and Virgo, are extremely methodical. Capricorn's methodical to a fault, and Virgo is methodical in a way that can be, um, <laughs> it can go, I mean, any Virgo who's listening is like, yes, that's true, uh, into rabbit holes that maybe are not efficient after a certain point. But they're both methodical. They're both methodical. It's just that Virgo tends to err on the side of OCD. <laughs> and Capricorn's like, I'm methodical, and I'm a boss, and I'm moving forward. So that's the energy of the week. The most profound thing I think that folks could do this week is really look at your relationship to power and control in interpersonal interpersonal dynamics. And especially if you get triggered or like freaked out by any of that, it's really a great week to start methodically approaching it. 
and that begins with conversations. Again, Mercury is direct. I would wait more towards the latter part of the week, to be honest. I'm looking at Monday, this is October 3rd, and I'm like, ooh, mm, moon on Pluto, mm, don't love. It can be clarifying, but I think uncomfortably clarifying. And then Mercury has just woken up and he's within a degree of Neptune. So there's just still the top part of the week to me, you're not, it's not like quick, easy answers that just feel good and you're moving on. It's like Capricorn wants to move on and there's some like, you really got to get on your hands and knees and scrub away some of the stuck or fixed dynamics that are happening. And that's going to take patience, calm, giving yourself time to process and also being radically honest, but understanding that being radically honest may unearth more things that you have to get down on your hands and knees on to clean up. So it's a lot of cleanup energy. It's a lot of cleanup energy at the top of the week. And Tuesday and Wednesday, you know, Tuesday, the moon moves into Aquarius, still a very somber vibe. So my advice for folks Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday is actually to just work. Now, it's funny because I, this is Yom Kippur. It's like beautiful that this is happening because it's so somber. It's so somber. It's so serious. And I won't even be listening. I'm going to be like, there's no phones with Yom Kippur. So I'm not going to be listening to my own podcast. Not that I do that every week, wink. Um, (laughs) But this is very, the first three days of the week are very somber. They're about mourning. And for those who are not going to be practicing or, or, you know, doing Yom Kippur, which is a, a holiday, a Jewish holiday of mourning and of repentance, for those of you who are not going to do the most literal thing you could do <laughs> that the astrology wants you to do, which is Yom Kippur, for the rest of you, the thing to think about with Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday is take some time out, work really hard. It's a great first three days to work. This is like late capitalism loves that Capricorn energy. It's like, yes, just work. Get on the hamster wheel. But work, work, work. But also, but also, please take some time Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, either in the early morning or in the late evening when your workday is either not begun or has ended. Take some time to just do a body scan and a feeling scan and let yourself release, like sighing is really good during this period of time to release the grieving energy that is in the air. This moon contact to Pluto, talking to the Virgo, this is going to bring up a ton of relationship, like emotional grief detritus that needs to be released from the body monday tuesday wednesday the moon in aquarius tends to want to like dissociate so if you can actually mitigate that energy at the top of the week and just let yourself feel the feelings about how the relationships are profoundly changing this is before we get into eclipse season baby so it's like this is time to just start preparing yourself for the click 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 of the roller coaster ride that we're about to get on starting next week so just like, wow, be tender with the with the little baby, with the baby that is you. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah, very somber start to the week. And then by Thursday, the tone does shift. The moon moves into Pisces. This is where we start to, it's like we don't get to get away from the relationships during Virgo season or during Libra season. There's no, there's no escaping your relationships this season all the way until October 20th. Okay, so (laughs) we're deep in relational dynamics. When the moon moves into Pisces on Thursday, it's going to oppose all of the recent energetic movement that's happened in Virgo because they're opposite each other. So that includes the Mercury 
uh, that'll actually be more like Friday, but Thursday begins to bring into our kind of more psychic space, our more hidden or numinous or religious or spiritual spaces, some integration. So that's the beautiful thing. I like Thursday because I'm like, the moon likes to be in Pisces. Thursday's a day to just start integrating. And, and, and this is a great day to like have a cry. <laughs> After the first three days of the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday's the day to like, take a very long lunch break and cry or like take a bath and cry or go to the ocean and cry. I mean, just please feel the feelings of the first three days of the week. Take some time out on Thursday if you can to schedule some self-love time, whatever that looks like and means for you. Thursday is a wonderful day to experience something that's beyond the like mundane quotidian reality. This is a beautiful time to feel God in whatever form that is for you and however you understand that again it will potentially bring up relational dynamics that's the other thing but it's more like integrating it's more that you are integrating things that happened in the last month on a spiritual and like embodied level that's the beauty of pisces is that it's like almost thursday's like download absorption day of relational dynamics that have cropped up or been changed in the last month during that virgo time uh during the retrograde especially Friday we do have the moon conjunct Neptune opposing Mercury <laughs> so this is where it you know hopefully you got the cry out on Thursday or got some sort of cathartic release out on Thursday because Friday again is just going to feel like an echo of the last few weekends really truly Friday becomes confusing Friday becomes like oh I thought that I integrated the thing and now it's getting weird again so there could be some weirdness there also is potential, you know, the, the uh, there is a multivalence to astrology. So although this looks confusing to me, it also looks like this could be another conversation that you have with, especially with the folks that you're really grappling with as the interdynamic, uh, interpersonal relations, relational dynamics change. That's a mouthful. Mercury's still retrograde as I record this. Um, but you know, you could, there, there could be an illuminating conversation that feels like you're moving forward, albeit I think it'll be a slow, tiny step forward. I don't look at this and go, liberation. I look at this and I'm like, I think there's still things that people are not quite seeing. Potentially all parties are, are navigating details that they can't quite comprehend yet. Again, though, the multivalence of astrology is like some people may feel like they have a divine connection this way, this day between two people. So like them and another person, you kind of are like, wow, I feel really connected to you. However, Friday overall, I'm just like tread lightly because that Neptune Mercury dynamic is exposed again. It is exposed by the moon and it doesn't look like the most clear-cut situation. So again, a lot of the things I've been saying uh, in previous episodes about being careful about who you're trusting, like looking for red flags, um, not spending exorbitant amounts of money, this is another day, Friday, where I wouldn't really just go out on a limb because you have a good feeling about something. You're like, oh, I feel great about that. It's like, I would ex exercise a little bit more caution and a little bit more pause. Pause is a great word for Friday. Pause, think about it. Even give yourself three days before you say yes or no, or give yourself three hours. That could be that could be powerful, but it's not really a great day to be like, I'm just gonna go with this because I'm feeling it today. Um, yeah, I just it just looks confusing to me. Okay. 
And then the weekend, Saturday, Sunday. The moon does move into Aries, so this weekend's going to be, like, supercharged. People are going to be feeling like they need to be frisky and go out and, like, really, like, be super social. The Aries are going to feel really lit up and, like, they want to be the center of attention. A lot of people are going to feel that way. Like, I'm going to go do the thing that I want to do, and I want people to applaud me for it. It's a little bit more of the Leo vibe, but Aries has that as well. I celebrate it. I think that the weekend is a great this weekend is very different than the last few weekends I've described that have been very dreamy and like weird and who knows what's happening, psychedelic, Mad Hatter vibes. This weekend, October 8th and 9th, is actually like, go assert yourself. Now, the simplest way that you can assert yourself with Aries energy is to exercise or to engage in a sport. Oh, Aries loves competition. Even chess, like something that's competitive that you're like, I could... I'm going to try to beat this other person at this game. So it's a great weekend for games. Aries is the baby of the Zodiac. It's the like the brand new baby. So there's this thing of like just wanting to be in touch with the inner child or the, the inner urge to just go forth into the world. It's the fool card in the tarot. So wonderful time to just kind of go forth, assert yourself. There could be, because Jupiter's there opposing the, the sun and Venus, which are in Libra. I love Venus and Libra, by the way. Just loving this. There could be some really sexy times with people, which is oppositions often bring sexy times. And also, so it's a great weekend to like another form of athleticism is, uh, you guessed it, sexual feelings. Okay. But then also there is there can be tension uh, where... You want, you want to go do your thing, you want to have sexy times, or you want to go play some sports or compete, and the Virgo sun on the other, or the, sorry, the Libra sun on the other side, which would be another person, is saying, well, what about the partnership? What about this contract that you signed? What about this, you know, thing you said you would do? So there can be tension there where close partnerships of any kind, really, romantic friendship or business, are saying over the weekend, yeah, I know you want to go do that thing, but you said you would do this. <laughs> and it is probably leftover residual miscommunication from the Mercury retrograde period that we just got out of. Okay, so that's that's kind of, we get echoes of the Mercury retrograde detritus as we move forward outside of a, a retrograde period. So just know that there could be some tension with relationships that weekend because the moon's there being like, do your thing, just go do your thing. And everyone else is like, but what about me? <laughs> The way to handle this, especially with the moon in Aries, I, I love, I, I did a reading for a magazine. I had a, a magazine reach out to me and, and have me do a reading for the guy who's Tony in Sopranos. The, it was his birthday, the character's birthday. It wasn't even the actor's birthday. It was like the character's birthday in the Sopranos. And I did Tony's chart, Tony Soprano. And he has a moon in Aries. I'm not joking. Like he has a birthday and everything. It's, like, it's hardcore. It's like deep fan lore, right? And Tony Soprano has his moon in Aries. And I remember when I was doing this interview, I was like, moon in Aries people, when they don't get their way, they get really, really angry. That's the moon in Aries. Moon in Aries is like, I'm like a short fuse, just like, yeah, like I just want to like, um, they make excellent Aries in general, make excellent fighters of any kind. But moon in Aries is like the way that I love is through fighting. So if I'm upset and I'm fighting, it's because I care. So my advice, and this is very Tony Soprano for anyone who's watched The Sopranos, short fuse, okay? Moon and Aries is a short fuse. 
Now, they also get over feelings very quickly, which is the beauty. The beauty of Aries Moon is that if you do have a miscommunication this weekend with somebody, you'll likely get over it pretty quickly. Unless you've got a lot of planets in Scorpio. It could be different. But basically, it should be like these could be quick miscommunications or quick spats that can get worked out. The, the advice I have that I was going to get to and now I'm getting to, the advice I have for the moon in Aries for Tony Soprano, because they asked, they're like, what advice would you give him if he had a moon in Aries? My advice is immediately remove, like Aries need to like communicate that they need to remove themselves from the situation and go like punch a pillow or scream or like take a moment and just like do some deep, heavy breathing or like run. It's even like great to like go on a quick run and come back and get that energy, that fire energy out before engaging in a like a domesticated conversation. So <laughs> that sort of virile energy that Aries embodies as the ram, just go take care of it before you headbutt somebody. So that would be my recommendation this weekend. If something does trip you up, I don't think it should be too trippy because Venus is in Libra, which it, it literally like makes everything much more peaceful and diplomatic. So that's very supportive. I don't think anything's going to get too out of hand, but just in case that happens, you know, communicate. I need to remove myself. Go remove yourself. Go feel the energy and the emotion all the way through, especially if it's anger, and then come back and, you know, find a way to uh, communicate about what's going on. So that's the weekend. <laughs> Just pause, love, love up on yourself by feeling your feelings if they come up quickly. With Moon and Aries, there can be an impulsiveness emotionally. So m feelings can come up really quickly, even for people who normally don't have those emotions come up quickly. So keeping that in mind that that's the vibe of the entire weekend, Saturday and Sunday. And because you know, I don't talk about Chiron very much, but I do work with Chiron and with my clients every single time. I'm always like, where's Chiron? Chiron's the wounded healer in the chart. And collectively right now, Chiron is an Aries. He's going to be an Aries for like a long time. And what that means is that as a, as a society and as a species, when Chiron is transiting through Aries, which means currently Chiron, an asteroid, is in the constellation of Aries until June 19th, 2026. So Aries has like solidly four more years in a little less than four years in Aries, which has a, I mean, there's a deep dive you can go on if you type in like transiting uh, Chiron and Aries. That's a very deep dive. It's really powerful work actually, but Chiron and Aries, the moon is going to highlight Chiron over the weekend. And what this means collectively what we're all going through is that there is a profound healing, but also pain in the process of healing. Cause that's what Chiron is. He's the wounded healer. So Chiron feels pain while healing. And so collectively we're experiencing a profound, profound amount of healing through pain. So a painful healing process around masculinity and forms and versions of masculinity collectively. Just interesting note that when Chiron moved into Aries was the beginning of the Me Too movement. So just keep that in mind, that that was a very powerful thing that started to happen the moment that Chiron went into Aries. Chiron being wounded healer, Aries being masculine expression, men, maleness, uh, testosterone, adrenaline, going forth, com competition, uh, all those things that can be associated, bravado. So 
you know, we are collectively healing notions of masculinity right now. And it, it's very acute. It started with the Me Too movement as one example of many ways. And it will really culminate around 2026. It's going to be a very interesting year to watch what that looks like when Chiron actually leaves Aries and moves into Taurus, which will be a very different vibe. But basically what I anticipate is that there will be more and more stories leading up to 2026 that exemplify modes of masculinity that need to be purged uh, or like a wound that needs to be cleansed. So like really going into the toxicity of masculinity. Now there's toxicity of any gender expression. Okay. That's the tree. That's the T. But right now we're really working on the toxicity of masculinity and maleness. And, and specifically I'm, I'm thinking of cis men, but really any embodiment of masculinity in, in any way that it could be toxic. So we are working on that collectively. The weekend, this weekend, October 8th and October 9th, may very much highlight that. And for folks that are Aries or have strong Aries placements, this may just feel extra personal, like an extra personal attack, or like I tried to assert myself in X, Y, and Z ways, and I got rejected, or I got told that I was too much, or I got told that I was being toxic. Like those are all the chironic wounds that are coming up specifically for the Aries folks. But really, again, collectively, we're working with consent, right? Ideas around consent, communication not being violent what does nonviolence look like like what does an exalted masculinity look like that's just a good question I'm, i don't I'm, i don't have a lead there's no leading answer to that i'm just like what does like a healed masculinity look like and again we're using these words that are polarizing and dichotomizing and i'm uncomfortable with all of them because i'm an aquarius and i'm an alien like <laughs> i'm just like masculinity's it's too reductive, but, and also that is the archetypal energy that's being stirred up in a way that is asking us to be, he to heal through feeling the pain of late capitalism, which is built on a patriarchy, is built on toxic masculinity, is built on competition. So I'm going to just back up a moment and step off the soapbox. That is what's happening over the weekend. If we know that, just keep, you know, forewarned is forearmed emotions could be high the best way to navigate the weekend is to get that fire energy out of the body through sports through sexuality through play through co healthy competition consenting competition <laughs> and have fun aries is a great sign for having fun all the fire signs love to have fun so let's have some fun it's gonna be great it's actually like a great consolation prize for how heavy monday tuesday and wednesday of the week were so i love this weekend with this moon in aries uh, opposite venus in libra and the sun in libra because to me it says like go out and have fun with your significant other go out and have fun with your friends go out and have fun with a new friendship that's like maybe romantic maybe not who knows go out and have fun experience that joviality in a way that Libra balances the week. This is all about balance this season. Libra season is all about balance. So balance out the week by having some fun. And um, on the note of fire signs and so much fun, I am honored to bring on a guest today. Oh my gosh, it's been a minute. So exciting. I have Daniel C on right now in just a few seconds, a few exciting seconds. I am living to have a conversation with Daniel. It is making me so happy that this is about to happen and y'all get to experience it and receive it. Before I jump on with Daniel, 
please feel free. And in fact, I urge you, I ask with a lot of love to rate this podcast, leave a review. It really helps with all the algorithm things that happen. Help support me. And if you want a reading before eclipse season, this is the time to do it. This is one of the most efficient times to get a reading with me. I offer a sliding scale for all you folks who may be struggling economically. We do have Uranus and Taurus, so there's a lot of money things up for everybody. So feel free to reach out. I would love to support you. It's all in the link tree in my show notes. That's where you can find out more about me. And thank you for listening to the world of Rex. Here we are with Daniel C. And psych, I realize that you're just listening to me. Daniel's not here yet. He is under the weather, recovering. He will be with us next week. I'm extremely excited to have him on next week. But for now, I'm giving you a wonderful Mercury retrograde Mars and Gemini bait and switch where you got really excited and now it's just me. But I wanted to take this opportunity to talk just a little bit more about the macro picture of what's happening right now. And I think this will be helpful because, you know, if you listen to the weekly, you're getting these updates that are sort of adding or accumulating onto the story of what has happened the week prior. But if we're just going to pull out for a moment and think about this next two months, I think it'll be really helpful because October and November specifically of 2022 are some of the most like bombastic, intense, like lightning firework astrology that all of us who are paying attention have seen for a while. 2020, uh, when we had the conjunction in January um, between the malefics, Saturn and Pluto, Jupiter was there. This all happened in late degrees Capricorn. That was obviously COVID. So that was a really big moment. And a lot of astrologers had also been like, wow, what's going to happen in 2020? Either a plague or an earthquake. And technically it was like a psychic earthquake in the form of a plague. So they got those both right. Now, you know, we've been looking, a few astrologers have really been looking, specifically Rick Merlin Levine, who's like one of the most, I mean, he's just so dedicated to the craft. Uh, He's alive today. He has been known to say specifically that this October, November period of time is one of the most intense moments of astrology that he's seen in a while. So knowing that, all that means for us on a personal level, on a on a personal level, also a collective level, but on a personal level for each and every one of us, it means that there are big moments of change happening between late October and early November. The wave, I want you to imagine, if if I flattened out these two months and put them on like a line, October, November, existing on like a flat line, the wave is going to crest up and uh, up and over these two months and will start to crash in late November, but is really cresting and reaching um, the, the height of the wave really happens in the midpoint of the eclipse season. So that's halfway between October 25th and November 8th. So Halloween is a very intense looking period of time for the collective and for us personally. So if forewarned is forearmed, I always believe that. I I also want to say that I am not a pessimist or a fear mongerer. Like I don't, that's not how I exist in my life. I'm always like, wow, life is really magical. There's a lot of amazing things happening. Humans are bizarre and like miraculous. This is so dynamic. Like existential 
living is so dynamic. It's crazy. It's fun. Um, all the things, right? So I'm not here to say that this is going to be absolutely terrifying. I'm just saying that this is a very acute moment of high pressure intensity that is built around long-term changes. So if you go back to the first episode of The World of Rex, I actually lay out the eclipse cycle that we're in. And eclipses are when the full and new moons happen near specific points of the ecliptic. That's a deeper dive. You can look it up. It's astronomical in in fact, and also relates to astro- astrology and is very heavily weighted in the Vedic system of astrology which is Eastern astrology. Very powerful stuff has to do with fate, destiny, and karma. So eclipses are really big because they signal points of their, they signal change points that are fated, that are destined, that are karmic. They are beyond our ego's control. They are beyond our physical body's control. And that is why ancient people and probably current peoples around the world worship during eclipses. They do a lot of worshiping. In late capitalism, in especially in the West, right, we don't have any traditions or structures for this, except for, you know, all the witches who are listening are like, oh, baby, I work with them, okay? But most, you know, we're starting to come back in. And when Saturn moves into Pisces in 2023, we will deeply start to move in and work towards having ritualistic and sustainable spiritual practices around lunar cycles and seasonal cycles. That's going to definitely come in more and more because late capitalism is shifting, changing, and hopefully dying to be transformed into something else. But until then, this podcast, amongst many other, you know, other forms of media that are astrologically based, human design based, we're all attempting to warn the collective and not warn as in, maybe warn isn't the right word, but to signal to the collective, hey, If your life feels like it's going through massive amounts of change right now and it feels like every day that moves into October gets more and more intense, there is like an actual larger macro reason for that. And it'll help you get out of the ego telenovela high drama that the mind likes to create around things that it cannot control or understand fully. I keep telling all my clients that October, especially late October, early November is a time to let go and let God profoundly let go and let God, whatever you understand as God, higher power, the creative, the universe, goddess, whatever. I support you in that letting go and being a witness. And I'm going to use an analogy that is hopefully will be relatable to some people. It'll be highly relatable to certain people, but maybe everyone can figure it out. And it's, it is the actual analogy of the wave surfing. So I'm a surfer. I surf here in Southern California. I love it. It's a place where I get to like really just be embodied and be really present. You have to be super, super present when you're surfing. If you're thinking about other things, you'll biff it. You have to be so profoundly in your body. Anyone who does a highly kinesthetic activity, whether it's dancing, surfing, any kind of sport, uh, playing an instrument, you have to be really present while you're doing it. You can't check out. It doesn't really work that way. (laughs) You have to be, you have to be in the zone, right? In the zone. And October, November, I want you to actually think about these two months as being, you have to be in the zone in October, November. So both months require an immense amount of 
physical embodied presence. And I'm going to give some actual tips and tools on how to deal with that or make that happen. The reason being is that when you catch a wave when you're surfing, especially like a bigger wave than you're used to, and again, October, November will present the biggest wave of the year. And really, it's the biggest wave of this eclipse cycle in 2022. So this is this is a crucial moment to be extremely present in your life. A crucial moment. Because the eclipses are happening in two constellations, Taurus and Scorpio, that are long-term changes. The stakes are very high right now. Relationships that are formed or relationships that leave right now are really gone for good like or or are made for good there's a lot of stabilizing long-term oriented energy available right now so this isn't just wishy-washy flimsy everything's great let we'll just change it and move and no this is big time long-term changes and we're going to be asked to be flexible around them while they're while the change process is happening so that's the flexibility piece but the changes themselves are for the long term and again Mars and Gemini is going to be our friend here in terms of being flexible because that's a very flexible Mars. And we're going to need to experiment and be flexible with all the changes that are happening in October and November. But being present on this huge wave, right? The biggest wave of this cycle. And there'll be one more cycle in April and May of 2023. But before we get there, let's just focus and be extra present for October and November because this is the biggest wave. When you're on, like, I know, for example, when I catch a wave surfing that is bigger, like, bigger than I'm used to. There's, like, a comfortable zone for beginners, and then you start to get bigger and bigger waves. First thing, you need to have the right board to catch larger waves. Your board actually has to get smaller. So there's something here there that is an analogy that works, which is, like, is the foundation, which is the board, it's the thing under your feet that's helping you catch the wave, is your foundation the right foundation? Is it the right size? So October, November of this year coming up right now, this week, is going to ask you, are you using the right board for this big of a wave? And what it, what that means on a, on a more direct level is like, are the foundations of your daily practices and the foundations of your existential spiritual reality are those in alignment with how big the changes are in your life right now or how whatever changes are happening do they line up with your value system the answer is likely that a lot of people's boards are going to be changing size in october november our foundations will be pruned cut shifted altered changed that just means that we will be like having there will be no way out of acknowledging and facing, oh, I have to shift this foundational part of who I am. I have to shift this foundational part of the way I orient myself in the world. So for example, I'm, I'm going to be, you know, I'll use my chart as an example. I'm a Cancer rising. Mars and Gemini is in my 12th house of a lot of, I mean, 12th house rules a lot of things, but it rules addictions. And I said this in, my, in the first episode of World of Rex. So go back again. First episode. This talks all about what I'm talking about for October, November. The South Node in Scorpio is about releasing addictions. The 12th house rules addictions. I have released a few behaviors that I was engaging in on a very regular basis that I'm like, I can't carry this onto the wave with me. It's not the right board. I will crash. I will keep nosediving into the water if I continue to do these behaviors. Now, was that easy? 
No. Did I resist it during the first set of eclipses this year in May and uh, April and May of 2022? Yes, I resisted it. I made up stories as to why it's fine. It's all good. No worries. I know it's not good, but it's fine. I, because I'm on this path and I think a lot of folks are on this path to just wanting to be a better human being and more in alignment with their genius and their higher purpose. I was, you know, in, in August, really in August, which was an activation of this eclipse cycle. It wasn't actual eclipses, but August activated that. I was like, Oh, I can't carry this into October and November. I have to release these behaviors. I can't do it anymore. And that was sobering. It was you know, I had a moment of grieving. There was a few weeks that were really a hard adjustment. I did them precisely because I knew that October and November, I did these changes. I made these changes. I, I cut things out of my life precisely because I knew in October, and November that the waves were going to get really big and things that caused me to nosedive into the wave. I don't want them going into October, November. So now it is already October for everyone who's listening, right? And this is why I'm recording this now, because I'm realizing that if we listen to this during Halloween, it's too late, you know? So, and you know, if you are listening to this later as like a, you know, going back into that podcast vault, that's fine. Just know that, you know, whatever happened in October, November, that was where you were able to meet your karma and destiny with the the board that you were writing. Like that's the board you came into this wave section with. It's, it is what it is and you will live. And in fact, you know, sometimes the biggest lessons in life are learned through pain. So that's fine. And also I hope that folks who are listening today, right at the beginning of October can really take a moment to do a few things. Slowing down and looking at the foundation of your day-to-day life, how you perceive the world, which lens are you choosing to look at the world with? Are you looking at one a world full of opportunity, full of evolution, like I can grow, I can change, I am like ready to be the best version of myself, I'm ready to like go from what my heart really desires, do I slow down enough to actually hear my heart, to listen to my heart, to listen to my deep inner solar plexus drive, right, those are, those are foundational, are the relationships in my life reflective they are, by the way, they're reflective of your of your point of view. So if you have a lot of relationships that feel very constricting or problematic or controlling, that's partially because your own perception, your own understanding of the world is limited, controlled or truncated is, is being squeezed. So there's a lot around having a great deal of optimism and a great deal of okay, whatever changes come in October, November are for my highest good. They are like blessings. This is the pause. What a pleasure moment. Like this is such a blessing that this challenging thing is happening because I'm evolving through it for the long term. This is the Taurus Scorpio, the long term. The relationships are going to pop in and out during this time. So new relationships will surprise people. People will have very surprising opportunities happen. That'll be, if you're coming in with a certain degree of like opportunity, like again, attitude is altitude. Attitude is altitude. Like if you come into this wave and it's so real in surfing, like if you catch a wave when you're surfing and you're freaked out, the likelihood of you falling is really high. Like there is this Zen meditative quality where you have to just trust that you're not going to like fully biff it. And you know, you do sometimes, you do often, you do often. I fall often. 
But the more like flexible I am in the water and the more I'm like laughing at myself afterward and the more that when I'm catching a wave, I'm like, just trust it. Just trust it. Just trust the wave. That work, which is a daily practice, by the way, that it's a daily practice to be like, I trust this wave. I trust this process. I don't know if I'm going to catch the wave, but I'm trusting that whatever's happening is is good, is working, is for my higher good. That actually generally allows you to catch the wave. That just the attitude, right? You're able to get that big wave. Attitude equals altitude. I've always loved that. It's very love in basketball, um, <laughs> among many things. So basically, there is a, a certain amount of bravery and courage that we will need going into October and November. This is really, uh, this is a challenge. In a video game, this would be the like ma- the ma- the main boss. This is the boss. So knowing that is really important. People coming in, people leaving. And during eclipses, eclipses, like eclipse is to like remove, right? So eclipses, like the light is removed or the, you know, right? The sun gets blocked or the moon or the earth gets blocked. Like things get blocked during eclipses. And then when they move away from each other, when the eclipse uh, exacts and then moves forward, things are revealed again. So relationships, eclipse, relationships can get eclipsed. They can literally be like karmically cut, especially during this this Scorpio uh, South Node eclipse on October 25th. Relationships can just be like, oop, no more. No more time for that. We're moving on karmically. And then new ones can come in. And and it's like, okay, this is a long-term relationship for you. And it may not be initially comfortable. That's part of the, the medicine of this moment is that there's a lot of uncomfortability in October, November. This is what I love. This is what I love about Mars and Gemini for this moment. He's going to be trying Saturn the entire eclipse cycle. So what I what is a trine? Trine is the nature of Jupiter, which is actually like good luck or ease. And Mars in Gemini trines Saturn in Aquarius. Just all it means is that if we are willing to be flexible and experiment, Saturn within limitation, right? Experiment, Saturn is limitation. Within, there's a, there's a supportive energy for experimental flexibility within a container. So what does that look like on the ground for people? I'm going to just be real. Very simple. Very literal. A yoga practice. A consistent embodied like stretching practice literally stretching your body because your body is the first thing and then everything comes from that if your hips are tight your heart is tight like that's how it works so like a consistent stretching practice a consistent breathing practice that you do every day to get your breath deep in the belly so that's these are the practical things i'm talking about the more you are literally flexible in your body and in your breath the deeper you are breathing during October and November, it will transform this big wave experience. So, yeah, this is this is really, really big. Really, really big. Now, Mars is helping us experiment with new ways of being, new modes of being. The trying to Saturn is so helpful because Saturn's like, I got you, baby. I'm holding you. Saturn's like holding Mars. He's like, don't worry. We're going to we're going to make it through this big wave. So if you're willing to experiment and try new things, this is the key. Trying new things, moving your body in new ways, taking a dance class, taking any form of movement practice class, like a new thing. I know a lot of people, including myself, who are taking 
new forms of movement, like uh, learning tennis, for example. I'm learning how to box. Like there are these things are great. And somatics are so powerful that if you're training your brain to do something new, you're creating new neural pathways. And this will help so much in releasing the toxicity. This is actually like neurological releasing the toxicity that will come up in October, November to be released. If instead you're squeezing, holding, tightening your body and not flexing it, not stretching it, not just, yeah, creating mov- movement and lugubriate, like a lugubriated body, like just like feeling open and flexible. If you're not doing that, I don't want to use the analogy that Ann Ortley uses, which is like a car, like when people tense up during a car accident, they can get really hurt. But if they're flexible and fluid, like the drunk drivers, I'm using the analogy. I'm saying I'm not going to use it. I'm using it. But it's a great analogy. It's an unfortunate analogy, but it's a great analogy. During eclipses, the tendency is to want to freeze up and tighten and hold on to everything you've ever known to be true about your life. Like hold on to the narrative, hold on to the things that you, you know, are familiar, but not in alignment with who you are becoming. So they're familiar, but they're toxic. And this can be a subtle toxicity, but it's very real. If you clench up the way that people do when a drunk driver is headed towards their car, the drunk driver often lives because they're so drunk that their body is very, very uh, relaxed because the alcohol has relaxed their body. The The other person on the other side in the other car often does not survive the accident or gets more injured because they tense up in anticipation of the crash. So I'm, again, not my favorite analogy because it's quite violent. And unfortunately, Mars is in Gemini, which would be, you know, uh, Mars is accidents, Gemini's cars. So I'm not calling that in. But what I'm saying, uh, I'm going to say a prayer after this to nullify all of that energy. Um, What I am saying is if you come into October, November being like, I'm going to hold on to all of the fear and I'm going to hold on to all of the things that are familiar because I'm so scared of changing. It's a car crash. It's a car crash. But if you go into October and November saying, okay, wow, these are my, these are my buoys and your buoys can be your therapist. Your buoys can be for me. I'm taking this really wonderful acting class. That's cracking me open emotionally. Um, any sort of movement practice, as I've been saying, doing it, dedicating yourself to it, discipline, like discipline here. This is what the Saturn trine is to Mars. Discipline, discipline within the things that are like the breathing practices, the movement practices, the therapy, you know, saying, okay, I'm going to have lunch with one of my best friends once a week. And we're going to talk about real shit. Like we're going to really get into some deep stuff together as a form of like a vessel, creating a vessel where sharing can happen. Breathing into the belly. This is like the really big thing. I love Kelly Surtees. She's an Australian uh, astrologer, one of my favorite astrologers alive today. And she has an entire video and podcast clip about breathing for the Mars Gemini, Mars and Gemini transit, but also for the eclipse season. It will be so crucial. What most of us do in Western culture is we hold our breath. She explains all this, but we hold our breath. It's very shallow and it's usually located high in the chest and we don't breathe deeply enough. And literally you don't have to be like a yogini or like, uh, you know, you don't have to do, you know, all the, um, what there's so many breathing exercises you don't have to even know those breathing exercises all you really need to do is you know a couple times a day breathe deep into your belly that actually like immediately 
creates like very happy hormones in your body and tells you that you're safe. We're often afraid to breathe into our belly because that's a location. It's there's a lot of um, it's our first brain. Truly, it's not our second brain. It's our first brain. There's so much neural activity in the gut that often breathing into it can be scary and painful because then we're feeling our feelings all of a sudden. But that's the key of this moment is like breathing into the belly feeling the feelings because that's going to let you know if you're on the right surfboard as you're surfing these waves if your foundation is correct if your feelings your feelings are the most important pieces of information right now if you're like breathing into your belly during this cycle and feeling things that feel scary challenging you're feeling maybe you're feeling resentment like i spoke about maybe you're feeling like you're not seen or heard maybe you're feeling like this relationship is not fully balanced, right? All of those things are like profound, miraculous information for you to then be like, I got to change the size of my board. And that does begin with just understanding where you're at first, because the more clear you're at, the more clear you are with where you're at first before you approach the external situation, the person, the, the boss, the career, the children, the whatever, the community, you have to be clear first before you approach them. Otherwise, it becomes usually like a, a, a den of snakes. It gets really, really complicated from there on. So there's the way to do it. The way to do this season is to slow down, to breathe, to not try to get everything done. That's also another thing. Like I want to give everyone permission to feel like they don't have to get everything done. They can say no to certain things. And you once Mars stations retrograde on October 31st Halloween which is going to be a very wild week the week of Halloween once he stations retrograde we're not actually going to be able to get everything on our to-do list done some things will have to get cut out that's what Mars does in Gemini he cuts away frivolous things when he's retrograde so you'll you'll figure out what that is you'll figure out what you can't carry on to the wave with you and being okay with like oh I have to let that thing go if you slow down, you're able to see the macro picture of like, oh, right, that's actually not that important. The ego in the moment, the day to day is like, that's so important. It's so important. But if you slow down and breathe and feel the feelings, your feelings will actually be like, this is the thing I actually care about. I don't actually have emotions toward that thing. The things you don't have emotions towards are not important. Okay, you have to feel something about something for it to be important in your life. If you don't feel anything about it, this eclipse season's like, let it go. That's South Node Scorpio. Scorpio is a very feeling-based sign. If you don't have feelings about the thing in your life, let it go. Let it go. Okay. So that was a lot. I am currently in full transparency, like so deep in the Mars Gemini. I just feel like I have a million and a half things on my plate. So many spinning plates. My partner has a ton of spinning plates. Like it's a lot, but I wanted to take this moment to just talk about the fact that foundations are being massively shifted here. The size of our boards are changing. We have to be really, really present with our breath and our emotions as they arise through breathing into our belly, deep breaths into the belly, so that we understand where the emotions are taking us. Things will happen, especially between October 25th and November 8th, that are destined, faded. So if you know that going in, it's like have the presence of, have the presence of, I wanted to say a child, or the presence of 
someone who is doing something that they deeply, profoundly love. Like, I think of monks, right, in monasteries, like, doing their prayer at four in the morning, like, just that level of devotion and presence. But I also think of, like, when you watch someone who's an amazing athlete, swimmers, like, when you watch them do competitive swimming, they're not thinking about anything. They're swimming. They're swimming. That's all they're doing. And it's, like, that is the energy to bring into that week of October 25th to November 8th. Focus on the thing that your emotions are pulling you towards and just focus on it. It will be a high volume moment. So giving yourself breaks during that period of time and potentially slowing down your schedule, ramping up to that late part of October would be very healthy. I'm actually giving myself every week, I give myself a day where I'm like, don't schedule anything. And I just tell people, I'm like, I'm busy. And I'm not busy, like I'm, I'm, but I'm busy being not busy. I'm busy literally like creating a container or a vessel for me to feel all the feelings because a lot of toxicity will be brought up to the surface during this week of time, October 25th to November 8th. It's more than a week, but during that period of time, a lot of toxicity will rise to the surface of our bodies to be released. But if we're, if we're busying ourselves in late capitalism, we're not going to feel that toxicity, it will drown us. Then we'll be reactive and we won't know why we're reactive. You will know if you're feeling your feelings, if you're like the toxicity is coming up, you're greeting it with, wow, what a gift that I get to release this pain. What a gift that I get to release this pain. Let yourself cry. Let yourself write. Writing is very essential during this period of time with Mars and Gemini. Writing out your feelings, journaling, breathing, crying, journaling. I mean, this is it. This is cleanup time. This is really big collective karmic cleanup time. The South Node in Scorpio is going to take us to the depths of our fear, the depths of our sadness. It is a miracle. It is a miraculous moment to feel that. Just trust me on that. Trust yourself on that, that whatever is happening on the depths of your emotional level that feels scary, bottomless, unmetabolizable, the blessing of the South Node in Scorpio on October 25th, that eclipse is like, oh, let it, like, here here it is. It's rising to the surface. You get to let it go. You get to transform it, alchemize it, turn it into your power, turn it into your genius, turn it into your heart's desire. This is the sign of alchemy. Scorpio rules the alchemy of things, turning lead to gold. So we're having a moment, but the lead is going to be very scary. Okay, potentially for a lot of people, they're going to be like, I haven't been feeling my feelings for decades. So this is really a lot. And I'm saying, yes, and it can also turn into gold during this period of time. If you're slow, you're focused, and you're not busying yourself into burnout. That is the shadow side of this moment. So keep it focused, keep it disciplined, keep it embodied, breathe into your belly, breathe, breathe, breathe. I will say it. And then write, write, write. This is a wonderful time to write. I am in the middle of a writing project during this period. And I'm literally writing about my true, like what I'm considering my true perception of my life. Like I'm, I'm doing a really raw practice here to be published in 2023, but I'm doing a really raw practice where I'm like, I'm not filtering myself as best as I can. I'm just like, this is, this is what I'm perceiving. This is the healing work that I'm doing. And I don't care if it's politically correct. I don't care what other people think about it. This is for me. This is the South Moon Scorpio transforming the depths of my being through the process of writing Mars and Gemini. Okay. Thank you all for listening. I know that was a lot. I'm 
I'm, I got a lot to say and not a, not a ton of time right now with this Mars and Gemini, but I can slow down. I can take my own advice and slow down and create more time. So I hope that each and every one of you do that. I love all of you. Thank you for being patient. This is not a, the Daniel C moment, but we're going to have the Daniel C moment next week. And what a, what a gift. So humbled and so just ecstatic to have and share space with Daniel. Okay. So this is the world of Rex. I love each and every one of you. You know where to reach me in the link tree in the show notes to get a reading before eclipse season. I highly recommend this is literally the best time to get a reading after this. It's like, all right, good luck. I mean, I'll still do readings, but woo, they'll be more like catch up readings. This is forewarned, forearmed, deep readings. Okay, everybody, lots of love. And I will see you next week on the world of Rex. Take care.